forgot. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. I can't tell. I think my voice is fairly normal. <laughs> Yours is fairly normal. You got you got allergies. <laughs> Welcome back to just these dogs. <laughs> and I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know how to turn this off. Testing. Testing. Nope, that's not it. <laughs> Try that. Hey, hey, I'm back. He's back. <laughs> I'm back from the other world. <laughs> totally forgot I had that uh, special effect press. So when I walked up yeah. to say, test, are we recording? Kind of blew my mind. Why'd you have it pressed? Were you just messing around? Well, you were so obsessed with your phone last week when we got done. Obsessed? Obsessed. Somebody died or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, and I was... I'm pretty sure somebody did. <laughs> messing with the buttons and you weren't even paying attention and I just walked away. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, so literally but, that's from last week. Literally from last week. And no, I didn't mean to be... Gotcha. Didn't mean to be rude. But, gotcha. but yeah, you did have something very important going on. And Yeah. You know, at some point in time, because of the plethora of guitars that you've got in the background here. Sure. You're going to have to prove that you can <laughs> actually play something. Prove it? Hang and on one sec. Our theme music should actually be you playing something, or even us. Now, I do want you to know that I still understand there are two things out there that I've said I'm going to do that I'm in the process of developing it in my mind. Number one, the I'm going to do a routine, stand-up routine somewhere at a comedy place. Give it a shot. Yeah, now, and just not to even uh, lose you there, but the, last week, yeah. Sunday, yeah, two weeks before that, you were killing them. Mm. It, it was good. It was it was funny. It was exciting. And everybody left with a lift. Yeah, and it's all they remember. <laughs> <laughs> I had a guy come up to me, the, I mean, the very first guy that comes up to me out in the lobby, because I try to go out front and stand at the front. By the way, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> um, and the, I mean, the very first thing he says was, I had the exact same thing happen to me. And I'm going, okay, exact same thing. What are you talking about? <laughs> he said, and here's what he said. My dog got into a nest of rabbits in front of my grandkids, and it was Easter. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Easter Sunday. I was like, you got me. You topped it big time. Oh. It doesn't get worse than that. <laughs> the Easter bunny goes down. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that was good. But, yeah. Well, a lot of that has to do with uh, confidence as well as just realizing the power of laughter. It's such a powerful uh, emotion. And again, I believe in a room full of people in a shared experience, it's so powerful. That's why people love to go watch, uh, you know, comedians and they like to go watch anything, comedies, sure, uh, movies, sure, anything that, that makes them laugh because there is a 
laughter is in an anemic place these days, I believe. There's not nearly enough opportunity to do that. And you're judging the sermon based on what you were expecting people to walk away with. You know, you had a mission. They're going to walk away with this message right here. And it, it can be disappointing when somebody comes up and all they remember is the, the dog eating the rabbit. Yeah, I don't think it was disappointing. I'm just kind of poking at myself a little bit. <laughs> but you never know what resonates with people. And now those words are rattling around in their head. Yeah. And, you know, six months from now, something's going to happen and they're going to be able to pull those out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, even if it was just the experience in and of itself to be able to, to come to a, a church and, and have a good time and enjoy and, and see other people laughing, just like we were at a bar mm-hmm. laughing at a comedian. Yeah. Um, well, I really do believe there's power when you can go into an experience and you can experience uh, laughter, you can experience tears, you can experience all kinds of emotions, but then you experience the power of the presence of God. Because at the end of the and the other day, there were many people who raised their hand yeah. to give, give their lives to Christ. And so how does it get any better than that? No, being a part of a community, being a part of something, belonging, having purpose, mm-hmm. whether it was the exact message of the, you know, the title of the, the sermon or whether it was everything else that went on into it, um, it was a very wonderful sermon, very powerful all the way around. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I still got, and I've actually shared the idea with a music writer, Uh-oh. good buddy of mine, thinking about what you're thinking about. Speaking it into reality. Yep. And so he's got it and we're chewing on it together. And I really think if, if you're cool with it, we might end up with a little bit of a theme song first. Sure. Like a little piece that we could use and then turn that into a song. So. If I'm, if I'm cool with you using writing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or using, using oh, it. Oh, using it. Yeah. Oh, this, this is your podcast. Yeah. So. Well, that's, it's your <laughs> podcast. Do what you want. I'm just here as a guest. So if if you're talking about the podcast, the, <laughs> the, the theme song is going to be... <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Bomb. Trying to catch up with you on that. True. Music. <laughs> They're not going to let us go. But the no, you're right. The rest of it, um, definitely. Uh, I got one question for you though. Sure. Are you ready for some football? I am. Apparently, I like it. Uh, I'm ready. There's a Steelers fan out there somewhere, and I, I was going through my closet looking for what to wear today, and I saw this mm-hmm. number ninety-two, James Harrison. Mm. Uh, just a human quarterback wrecker yep. of a man. Yep, uh, a manimal. Oh, he, he. Good thing he got out when he did because they would have just fired him. Yeah, <laughs> find yeah. him into oblivion because he knew how to play the game one way. Yep. Uh, he 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 belonged in the '60s and the '70s. Oh, yeah. He was just a destroyer of of lives. Yeah, he was a modern day Dick Butkus. Yeah, for sure. But I'm ready. I'm excited about it. I, I am too. This is always for everybody. This is always the best time of year because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're zero and zero. Yeah, we exactly. Got, we got hope. There's so much hope. But and the, then the reality is, 
the first couple of weeks are just kind of, although they're getting better at it, they've gotten some good games in. They've got some good matchups sure. going early. But there's so many of them that are just blowouts and kind of, but it's still, it's football. Yeah. So I've here actually, we go. For the first time in a long time, I actually enjoyed a little bit of the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, it's, you know. Well, for NFL, I like the fact that they went to three mm-hmm. pre-games or preseason games. And, you know, they're not dragging that out too far. And so here we go. Getting rock and roll in this it, it weekend. Made, it made all three of the preseason games a little bit more important yeah to do things and see things for the coaches and yep. that made it a little more entertaining i think for the observer yeah and so i'm going to regular season yeah i'm going to make a prediction here real quick that we'll we'll know whether i was right or wrong cuz the game will happen <laughs> and then the podcast will come out in a couple of weeks but i actually feel like the Chiefs are going to lose to the Lions in the Super first game. No, no, no. no. First, first game. game. Okay. First game of the year. You yep. feel the Chiefs are going to lose to the yeah, Lions? Yeah, because I'm telling you what, the Lions are up and coming. I, I've not seen anything about they the Lions. They have a great coach. Really? They had a um, amazing last half of the season last year. And they've just got some guys that are coming together and gelling. And, and the game is in Detroit. And I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs usually start strong. Andy Reid is good at having his guys ready to roll early mm-hmm. in the season. But for whatever reason, I just feel like Detroit is a team to, to follow. So I'm going to kind of be checking out Detroit and Minnesota, which I think they might be in the same division. Yeah. Same conference. Yes. even. Um, and obviously the Chiefs this year. So, Well, I will definitely – Keep an eye on that game to see how your prediction goes. Do you follow a college team? Not really. You don't follow uh, tech? <laughs> Behind you, can't, take your headphones off and grab that ball and chain. That's a real deal. Okay. <laughs> this, yeah, listen, podcast people. This is a literal metal ball and chain. In 1997, when I was doing my internship at the internship program, they had a secret Santa. And you drew names, and you bought that person a gift. And so when it came time for my present, Frank, who will remain last nameless, (laughs) put this box in front of me. And when I opened it up and pulled this out, he just died laughing. <laughs> he, he was crying. He was laughing so hard because he was such an OU Sooner fan yeah. that he literally had one of those you know massive antennas on the top of his house yep. so that in the wintertime, he mm-hmm. could sit in the garage and listen to OU football talk radio programs out of Norman. <laughs> and he just obsessed with OU football and he would sit there at the conference room saying nothing for an hour but you mentioned OU football his eyes would light up and he would just yeah. <laughs> like wow and so he thought it would be funny mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. to make me a ball and chain with the Texas Tech logo That's on it it's pretty good because um, and I'm going to say now but back then especially 
uh, Tech was always uh, cellar dwellers. Sure. Uh, they, they weren't that good. They had Spike Dykes as the head coach. He was a very lovable man, but the, the teams were never very good. And so he was constantly giving me crud about Texas Tech football. Even though I only went to one game during graduate school, well, he gave this to me and said, you have to carry this ball and chain for the rest of your life. You can never be caught rooting for Notre Dame or Stanford <laughs> or anybody else. You have to always root for Texas Tech. They are your ball and chain. Yeah. <laughs> and he and his neighbor made this nice out of metal. I think this is a, a something to do from an electrical grid. Uh, but they, yeah, they, they created a, a real metal ball and chain i could bolt on my ankle if i wanted to <laughs> with the texas tech logo on it yeah so that's awesome. no i don't follow college football but i'm chained to college <laughs> football forever so anytime tech wins a game this year we, we get to there it is. celebrate <laughs> but who was a texas tech alum oh i don't know maybe uh Mahomey. Mm, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So, which yeah. during the quarterback show, I was I was very impressed with. Here it is. What is it? He's in his seventh year of his NFL career. Mm, yeah. Has so, it been seven? Yeah. Is it seven this already? Coming on seven. Wow. And last year, but a six, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> last year was season what? three for him. But during that quarterback show, whenever he was working out with the trainer and stuff, yeah. He always had Texas Tech gear on. Yeah. So yeah. Texas Tech is cool. Representing. <laughs> it's good. Reckon also, what's good? This is good. Your your the your coffee sugar is fest? good. Yes. Your sugar the, water? The, yes. The uh the milkshake. <laughs> the milkshake. <laughs> the morning milkshake. I'm enjoying it. I'm sitting over here just drinking away and I just want to let you know. I appreciate it. It's very, very good. Any wisdom for us today? Any well, particular topic? I, you know, sometimes we run our mouths and we throw in five minutes of wisdom and we're done. Right. So can we cut to the wisdom sooner? Well, one of the things that I've really been, well, I've been thinking a lot about because I've been, I think, dealing with it a lot, is this whole idea that ADHD mm-hmm. could, can actually be a superpower. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because I keep thinking, why would I look at it as a negative instead of just turning it around and making it a positive? Sir. And, and so give me some of your thoughts on that, because I'm finding myself in every situation saying, well, why am I thinking about it that way? Why does that have to be a negative? Why can't that be turned into a positive just by simply starting to change the way I think about it? Thoreau. Thoreau? <laughs> Thoreau. <laughs> uh, who says it must be Henry David Thoreau? Why can it not be David Henry Thoreau or Thoreau David Henry? Why must it be A, B, C, D, E, F, G? Why can't it be Z, Y, V, U, X? Who says it Who's has making the to rules? be? And in, in society, and, and you know, I'm not blaming anybody on anything, but just in society, we, most people are, you know, kind of organized one, two, three, do step one, do step two, do step three, move on. 
Yeah. Um, that's how most people function and operate. So because you're an outlier, um, you're being compared to the norm. So since you're not like other people, the norm, then you're broken. There's something's wrong with you because you think different or you do things different. You can't sit, sit still. You can't track a thought for very long. And so you're comparing yourself to a population and saying, since I'm not like them, I'm bad. Hmm. But like, you know, Superman wasn't like other people. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't, you know, call him bad. We, he had a superpower. You have, yep. you have a superpower. Whereas other people have to do things linearly. Sure. You can do things randomly. Yep. And yep. track it. Yeah. And focus on it while I'm doing it. And that's what other people don't realize is with ADHD, yes, it's difficult to maintain concentration on routine and mundane things and our minds drift and wander away. But the superpower that comes with it is when you're interested in something, Oh yeah, you get a hyper-focus. Oh, heck and yeah. And you can bring to the table an immense amount of attention, intelligence uh, to that project or to that moment. Mm-hmm. And do things with, uh, do it faster with uh, more creativity, mm-hmm. and than a, a regular person can. Sure. Someone that that kind of initiated some of this thought of it really being a more of an ability than a disability mm-hmm. was a guy named Jordan Peterson, hmm. who you know, <laughs> and. He said this, and it Jordan really, like that. I mean, it caught my attention, and I highly recommend checking him out. Anything that he does, any YouTube videos, anything that he does, it's really good. You got to learn how to listen to him. Mm-hmm. For me, I had to learn how to. You can get intimidated quickly by the size of his vocabulary. Yeah, but if you just listen, mm-hmm. he makes a ton of sense, and then the words start to. To, I don't know. You get you get to where you understand. <laughs> Your learning is what the deal is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I looked that up. I just learned what that meant. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. But here's what he said. He said, "Take a young boy that they have labeled as ADHD, and they're giving him pills. They're giving him special attention in school as yep. far as putting him in special classrooms and all this. And that can't get him under control. Tying him to the chair. Yeah. Doing everything that they can to make this. a. And I don't know. This might be my words, but make it a, a negative thing. Yeah. And then take that same kid, set him in front of a video game. And he's locked in mm-hmm. because he's interested in it. And he's Focused, hyper-focused on that. And the, one of the biggest reasons behind that is that we're not wearing these kids out physically. We're not giving them enough time outdoors. We're not giving them enough time to, sure. to wear down. But we label them as ADHD, but they can focus when they're interested in it. Exactly. And so the reality is we got to quit thinking of things in a negative way and figure out different ways to use that it's an ability. Yes. It's an absolute ability. And that's what I'm starting to believe in myself, that this is an ability. And I tell you, it's where it really shows its, its face, where it comes to the surface for me is on a Sunday morning. 
again, where I get hyper focused mm-hmm. for that half an hour. Sure. And I don't have any any problem whatsoever with being able to focus for that thirty minute period. And that and I'm talk about being wiped out when you're done. But that's because I'm so focused and my brain is working overtime. But um, man, I want to be able to to do that more often. And so I'm. It's it starts with making it a positive and thinking of it in the way that I can use it instead of deal with it. 20 episodes ago, we talked about ADHD. Yeah. And um, one of the bits of advice I kind of provided the audience, um, do it now. Yep. And the the do it now, uh, there's a lot of benefits to that just in, in general. But if you're interested in something, do it now because you have that interest and that's when you'll give it the proper time and attention and focus and other things set them aside till you get this done because if you say well i'm really interested in doing this but i have to get to this project first yeah now you're going to struggle on the project you're working on because all of your attention is going to be back on the project you're interested in and you're going to do a poor job on the project you're working on and not enjoy it. And then by the time you get back to the project that you were originally interested in, it's a fair chance you're no longer interested in it. You bet. And so now you're going to do a poor job on it and struggle through it. And, and now everything starts to become work. And so at my office, things may look like a mess in the kind of administrative area. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... I have four or five projects that I'm working on at any given time. And I am literally, I lay them out on the desk and whichever one sparks my interest, that's the one I grab and work on. Now I'm I'm keeping in mind behind all of this, there are deadlines for certain things. Yeah. But instead of saying, well, this one's due in seven days and that one's not due for 21 days. So I'll work on the seven day one. Simply because if I'm interested in the one that's not due for 21 days, I'm going to knock it out in a couple of days with good quality. And then I can carry that positive experience over to the next project that I really wasn't interested in doing. But now I can ride the coattails of that momentum mm-hmm. into the second project yeah, and get through it. And just recognizing how you function best. Sure. Not how you function differently than everybody else. How do you function best? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times people with ADHD, they do have trouble staying focused on one thing at a time, but you send them through a a room full of people who want to talk to them. (laughs) They can shift from conversation to conversation. They can handle interruptions. They can move through that audience with ease because it's easy for them to shift attention. Whereas somebody who is, you know, kind of an organized person, like a pastor I used to know, he would stand at the door and everybody had to stand in a line to speak to him. And he did not get to the next person until he was done with this person. <laughs> so, <laughs> and if you tried to like swing by and say, hey, you know, I, I got to go around, but see you later. He would look at you a bit annoyed mm-hmm. because you're interrupting what he's doing with this person. Yeah, It, it all had to be organized and streamlined and he needed a chaperone there taking numbers, mm-hmm. but you just kind of float through the crowd. People shout at you. Some people come up, some people don't. You, And that's because you can 
you can handle the shifting of attention between topics and people and things. Yeah. I've never really analyzed that, but that makes sense. And for an introvert, which I, I do consider myself, so I'm still, I'm thinking about that in a positive way as well. But for an introvert, if you want to avoid a lot of conversations with people, you just focus in on one conversation <laughs> <laughs> and eventually they, they get tired of waiting. <laughs> yeah, Don't look straight into yeah. this. Don't, Don't look, look over there. They'll walk away eventually. <clears throat> I have gotten pretty good, though, at mo- most of the time. I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying too much here, but most of the time what people really want is, is even just a handshake and an acknowledgement and a hi. Sure. And so I'll be talking to this person, and I can still turn around here and, and say hi, but then if I focus back on them, they're not offended by, <laughs> right, right. by losing my attention. And so, yeah. I know I've seen you like talking to somebody and without even breaking eye contact with that somebody, you'll just reach your arm out and grab somebody on the shoulder sure. and give them a squeeze and a shake yeah, while still paying attention to the conversation going on in front of you. And that being able to split that attention yeah. and still track is a strength that would, you know, screw you over in a regular classroom environment. Because <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah that wouldn't work very well no well so again it's the idea that this is another thing anybody ever tell you comment you comment you comment you comment you they comment me compliment you on your creativity um the way you do the sets the way you design things the the different ideas you come up with the lightings patterns well no well that's not me no no (laughs) <laughs> and any of the really good sets have not been me either. Um, I mean, I've had compliments on the creativity of how I present the gospel and how I connect it with, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but just being trying to be creative. I try to do it as simple as I can and as uh, as creative as I can. Thank you. Because the reality is that's what is memorable. That's what will we can remember it. I believe I, I kind of have a core value that it is a sin to make the gospel boring. <laughs> Jesus never did that. He was the gospel. And so why would we ever think that it's okay to make the gospel boring? We can we 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 disguise boring as holy. Sure. Holy. Holy is the most amazing and creative thing that there is. Set apart. Absolutely. Different. Different. Yes. And so, man, that's just, we should be the most creative experience that you're going to have all week long. Mm -hmm. That just challenged me right there to get even further down the road on creativity. You know what? Ultimately, that's what's going to reach more people. This is me trying to feel, (laughs) I'm not doing a good job. Cannot record camera temperature too high. Uh oh. Oh, it's got too hot in here, so shut off all your cameras. <laughs> See if anybody catches that. You know what song that was? I that we can. Yeah, you're just <laughs> thinking about the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a little song called "It's Getting Hot in Here." Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't sound unusual to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So just, yeah, just like when I creativity, said, creativity, the pooch. <laughs> yep, creativity and and just using the gifts that we have been given. And I believe that the the ADD, the ADHD is a it's a gift. It's the first time I've really looked at it that way. People refer to when they're talking to somebody who has ADD, ADHD, because you can shift attention, your mind can shift topics, and so you can and will make connections that may not be quite obvious to people right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you like watch a game show and they, they ask a question and the first person gives an answer, um, you know, Peru, the next series of people following along behind, you know, maybe the, they say Peru and you're like, Peru, he's talking about North America. You're talking about South America. But you watch the next three contestants will struggle to say anything outside of South America. Colombia? <laughs> and, and they get this lock because Peru has been put in their mind. South America has been put in their mind. So now they become locked in mm. and they, they have a blind spot now for beyond South America. And we, we get this laser lock that is hard to break. And there's a name for it. And I forget the name of the phenomena, but where we get, you know, tunnel vision, we get locked in on this idea. Kind of like when you know, people complain about the police, they got their suspect and they couldn't see anything beyond. Sure this one suspect, mm-hmm. but people with ADHD will see connections that other people don't. And it's easy to break that lock because their attention can shift to other things and, and remove things from their mind that they were thinking about earlier so they can see it again afresh and afresh and afresh. And so oftentimes that brings creativity to the table because you, you don't get that case lock on one set of ideas and you can't see beyond, you know, think outside the box. Well, you live outside the box. So (laughs) there you go. Now, one thing that I'm also curious about though, is does the, the ADHD and the constant moving on and it's like the, the wheel is constantly spinning and moving beyond what like working, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into the best words. Does it have any connection at all with the fact that I really have a very poor memory? Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it has to. (laughs) (laughs) It has to. So help me to understand that. Because what I want to do is I want to use the ADHD to improve my memory. I think it's possible. I just don't know how. And it's it's allowing yourself to be creative and, and to to learn or study or to approach things in a way different than what standard society does. Because in the in the memory process, there's a number of elements that go into that. You know, first is awareness. Mm-hmm. I, I have to be able to see the information, hear the information. Then we have attention. So uh, you know, I have to be able to attend to the information coming to me then I have to be able to understand the information that is coming to me. And then I have to be able to concentrate on that understanding of that information and concentrate on it long enough and well enough to move it into a short-term storage. And there's actually a very like brief one, two second storage of visual and iconic uh, 
uh, echoic and iconic, visual and auditory. We have a, a very, very short buffer in our brain where we can think back two seconds to what somebody said because mm-hmm. it's kind of being held there in that buffer. Mm-hmm. But then there's short-term memory where I can hang on to it for a few minutes, and then there's long-term memory where it moves out of short-term into the longer-term where two weeks from now I can pull it back up. But we're not even done. We get it into long-term memory. Now we have to recall it. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to find it in our brain somewhere, mm-hmm. pull it back out, and then do something with it or, or relay it to somebody else. So all of these steps are involved in this memory process. And for people with attentional issues, hello, it's, we move too quickly because as you're telling me something, I'm attending to you, but I may be also thinking about three other things. So my attention to what you're saying right now is poor. That means it's, you know, I'm concentrating on it poorly. So it's, not going to get well written into the short term memory. And because it's not well written in the short term, um, it's going to be a struggle to get it over in the long term. Mm. And then finally, the recall, you know, now fails because, you know, I threw the shoes in the closet somewhere and <laughs> I can't find where I put them now. One of my big deals, uh, a lot of people with ADHD do this is they'll have an object and they'll be thinking about the laundry and set this object down. And once they get done with the laundry, they go put away the laundry and then they stop and sweep the floor and where's my phone? And I can't find my phone because I wasn't paying any attention to when I set it down because all of my attention was on the laundry. That only happens to me maybe two, three, four hundred times a day. <laughs> I spend a lot of my day looking for stuff. I hate when I work on projects because I'll set a screwdriver down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spend 30 minutes looking for the screwdriver that I just laid down. Yep. Just I, this morning, it was my glasses. I had to look in five different rooms, <laughs> which is pretty much all we have in our house. <laughs> Five rooms. <laughs> and I finally found my... And do you want to know where they were? Where? Take one guess. On your face. Nope. Oh. Even worse. In, in the bathroom. Hand? In the bathroom. In the bathroom. Where I had gone in to sit down for a little while. <laughs> just to hang out. <laughs> I'm looking for my phone. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. I have definitely done that. So attention, but, awareness, attention, understanding, concentration... And then you got to run term memory. Yep. Long-term memory recall. Yeah. And so one of the, one of the ways to improve memory, and this becomes an intentional exercise that yep. you have to engage in. Uh, yeah. I and get hopefully that. at some point it becomes more kind of habitual mm-hmm. kind of pattern of doing things. Uh, one is, well, it's a pattern of thinking. It's a pattern of thinking that it's changing. It's being renewed. One is recognizing what what helps me perform the best mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as opposed to what I have to do because I have a problem. Yep. But what helps me perform the best is if I if something is relatively important, stop, turn off the TV, listen, repeat words back to them, mm-hmm. and intentional attention. But just in, in general memory of things, anything you can do 
that causes the brain mm-hmm. to process it more. Because as you're speaking, it's going in my ears and rattling around and, and hopefully lands in a storage bin somewhere. Mm-hmm. People will ask me an hour from now, what did you guys talk about? Uh, I, uh, Same I here. I don't remember. Yep. And it's a struggle because this is just a free-flowing conversation. I'm not really attending to stuff as much as I'm trying to interact with you. It's amazing how much of the 45 minutes or whatever it is that we record when I'm watching it or listening to it later. I'm like, I don't even remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he said that and I didn't even catch that. (laughs) And amazing how many things that I actually say that are pretty humorous that you don't catch either because (laughs) so we're just two ADD dudes that are having a conversation. (laughs) Basically having a conversation with ourselves. Right. You with you, me with me. It's <laughs> <laughs> having to be in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, if you can, you know, you're making the hand motion while I was talking, but yeah, if you can write things down. Right. And uh, somebody asked me the other day, I think a bit worried about me. Mm. Have you always had a trouble remembering names? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, yeah. what I can remember... <laughs> Um, there was a, a learning motivation and behavior class I took, gosh, 1990. And in that class, we had to do an experiment a research project uh, related to one of the learning motivation behavior topics of the book. And I went the simple route, selfish route, improve your memory. Mm. And so I, I just took an, uh, a suggestion and a, from the book on how to improve memory. And I thought, well, I'll test that. And so I, I did a pretest and a post-test, and I, in between, I used that memory aid technique and then reported it back to the class. And the crazy thing about the memory aid technique was you just simply wrote down whatever it was you're trying to remember. Sure. And, and so get up in the morning, open the notebook. Okay, today these are the things that I want to get done, and I want to make sure I remember. Yep. If somebody told me something, pull out the notebook, I'd write it down, mm. keep it in my back pocket. Yep. Now, here's the crazy thing about it: is you know, writing them down helps because if I do forget, I can go back to the notebook and remember. Yep. So if I make that grocery list, if I write those things down, I walk into the grocery store confident because if I not remembering, I can turn to the sheet of paper. But the crazy thing that was happening was when I wrote it down, I remembered. Yep, you didn't. It's exactly the same experience I have, and I'm sure a lot of people do. And what you're doing is you're forcing your brain to process the information further differently. Mm. Uh, There's different brain parts that work to make your hand, and then you have to look at it and... Gotcha. It's legible, and now you're reading it as you write it. So you, somebody says a word to you, that's one kind of processing, and then you have to write it down. Two, now you're reading what you wrote. Three, and so you just upped the number of processes, which then helps you remember it. Gotcha. So for all of the folks out there who are listening and watching, and they're upset right now that they don't have this superpower, <laughs> how can they get it? <laughs> what Head injuries. Right. <laughs> yeah. Lots of drugs. <laughs> Your question is what causes it? Well, no, not what causes it, but 
Like, what can they take away from this? If they're sitting there going, I don't struggle with that at all. But I'm sure they know people who do. Absolutely. And um, and I think to an extent we all do. Well, and, and that's the weird guy, the odd guy. the And I, I'm still struggling with being thought of as weird and odd. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's okay. We can't call them just extra gifted. <laughs> <laughs> extra interesting. <laughs> well, when you're used to doing things in a linear fashion and, and everything makes sense on its face to to see somebody walk in and do this and then turn right and you're wondering why do they turn right mm-hmm. um, you, you don't you don't have the ability to connect the dots how they got from the shower to the kitchen and the towel right <laughs> but in in your brain it made perfect sense to go from the shower to the kitchen and the towel yeah. And patience, I guess. I don't know. I don't hmm. want to tell people. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. I just, Can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is definitely a uh, a different way to think about it, which, by the way, when I came in here a couple of weeks ago and I felt like I was in AFib and mm-hmm. you presented the idea that it... it it may be anxiety more than AFib. Sure. Then I really started to think about that. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about, okay, let's just say it is anxiety. So what are the things that would make me anxious? And if I were to point it towards anything, it would be those things that I'm um, not doing now. Yeah. Just like you said. So they might be piling up. I might not even be consciously acknowledging that. But they're still piling up, mm-hmm. and so I'm um, dealing with them internally, and that's causing some of the anxiety. Um, well, the the anxiety comes from two places when we do that, and that's the the sad part that we don't recognize. And I've lived that life. I mean, I know I'm, I'm not I'm furthest thing from perfect. I, but we need to do something, so. Because we're thinking of it as a need, stress comes on. Sure. And the, that's what that, those sunglasses, that mental filter should, must have to need to. Mm-hmm. Frustration, anger, stress, pressure, that, that's where it comes from. I need to do that. I suddenly become a little stressed. Now, I tell myself, okay, I'll get to it. And then I try to shut the thought down. Mm-hmm. How do you shut a thought down, but you add more stress? Sure. And so if you kind of recognize that stress is manifested in the body in certain ways, muscle tension, breathing in your chest, holding your breath, uh, uh, you know, flushness of the face, energy, adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here you know, kind of frustrated and stressed about this thing I need to do, but I I can't do it right now. And then I tell myself, okay, I'll get to that later. The the way I get to that later is I'll go, okay, I'll get to that later. And, And so I'm mustering up more stress, trying to not think about something that is stressing me. And so as more of those little things start piling on, I need to do the grocery store, I need to get my sermon ready, I need to, you know, change the oil in the car, I need to, I need to. Mm-hmm. 
well, that stress is piling up, but I'm then telling myself, don't worry about it. You know, you'll get to it when you know, Thursday comes around. Then you just add more stress. Yeah. And, and now we're trying to deal with all of that that we created in the first place. Sure. Yeah. I want to get this done by Thursday. I would like to get the oil changed sometime this week. Uh, you know, these are the things I want to see happen. Now they're not stressful. Mm-hmm. And when I get them done, I feel good because I'm getting stuff done that I wanted to yeah. get done. Yeah. And and that, that shift in perspective and is uh, quite often we misinterpret what's happening to us physiologically mm. as, as necessarily being a, a medical condition. And just, I, it's not, I'm not a mind reader or a magician, but research says 76% of the reason people go to the, their primary care doctor, 76% of those issues are psychologically related, you know, and the top 10 cardiac, you know, back pain, uh, stomach issues, there are specific somatic issues that we have that are created and generated by our stress response. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a betting man, it is probably stress. <laughs> you got a 76% chance of being right. Sure. Yeah. And they present the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's why people get so, uh, sold on the, the reality that they're probably having a heart attack or a stroke and, and the so, reality is it's no, just it's so sad i had a a, a a teenager once who parents brought him to me and he was defeated because the medical doctors had told him well it's all in your head and and so at school he was having these dizzy spells and um you know getting disoriented Mm -hmm. and they thought he was having some sort of cardiac issue. So the, the, you know, obviously take him in and they do all the cardiac work work up and there was nothing showing up, but the spells kept occurring. So they kept going back in and they're had diabetes and checking his blood sugar stuff. They're running all these medical labs, uh, you know, brain scans, heart scans, doing all these things. And he's in perfect health. But he's still having these spells, so they kick him out. You know, it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you. And that, you know, that's horrible to be told. I know what I'm experiencing, but you're telling me there's nothing wrong. That that means I'm crazy. Yeah. And so the the short story here, it took a couple of weeks to kind of figure this out. The short story is he was having mild panic attacks. Mm. Now, here's the crazy part, and this is where anxiety is really kind of infusive, is the panic attacks were being triggered when his blood sugar would drop. Wow. And, and we were able to trace it back just to make sense of it, but there was a, a time uh, a few months ago when he, his blood sugar was going down and he had to get permission to leave the classroom to go to the... Uh, the nurse to get the, the insulin and teacher kind of gave him a hard time about it, but let him go. And then out in the hallway, another teacher gave him a hard time for being out of his class. And he, a little bit of worry 
my blood sugar is dropping, I'm feeling it, and this guy's preventing me from getting my medical care. Mm-hmm. And so a little bit of panic came on him, and the teacher finally, you know, let him go to the nurse. That was it. Wow. Now, we have a vacuum cleaner attacking <laughs> us over there. <laughs> now, when his blood sugar would drop, his body would respond automatically with anxiety. You bet. Yep. And that connection was not apparent. All he knew, I don't know, I don't know what my blood sugar is. I couldn't tell you when it's up or down. But it was enough of a, a noticeable difference for his mind that when that blood sugar started to drop, it would trigger the anxiety. And all he knows is suddenly he feels dizzy, lightheaded, and starting to sweat a little bit. And in his world, it makes perfect sense if it's a blood sugar issue and or a cardiac issue. It was it was anxiety. It was a panic attack triggered through an automatic response, through classical conditioning Pavlovian Mm. response, Mm -hmm. an automatic response that you have zero control over. Why are you shaking my hand? Mm. I extend my hand, your hand automatically comes up. It's Mm -hmm. an automatic response. It doesn't mean anything. Mm. And this is where a lot of anxiety comes in. We're just kind of programmed through life to respond to certain things with stress and anxiety. And learning to bring that to your attention and awareness and then challenge it and then replace it. So what you're telling me, what I believe you're telling me is that it's all connected. Amen. And. Amen, brother. <laughs> and when, when the expert in the law come up to Jesus and he said, how do I get eternal life? So taking it to the maximum Mm-hmm. The maximum issue. I'm very interested where you're going with this. <laughs> he says, well, you know what it says. You tell me. Jesus loved to answer questions with questions. He, In other words, he liked to make us think. Right. Yeah. You'll do that to me every now and then. <laughs> and I'm not expecting it. And I'm only paying half attention. Yes. And as soon as you do that, I'm paying full attention. <clears throat> All of a sudden, like the on button was just hit. And I think that's why Jesus did that. He wanted to make us think. So he said, you know what it says. You've read it. It's in your book, your Bible. What does it say? And he answers with, love the Lord God with all of your mind, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. And he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, there you go. You got it. And so... He ends up saying, well, who's my neighbor? Mm-hmm. He wanted to make sure he wasn't going to have to deal with a relationship that he didn't want to have to deal with, love someone that he didn't want to love. I'm not a scholar uh, or anything, but didn't they have a definition for who constituted absolutely. a neighbor versus non-neighbor? So oh, that- absolutely. Someone that believed the way you believed, someone that lived literally next door so they would be in your community already, mm-hmm. not outside of the community. That's just a little bit of it. But so I think that it is not a stretch at all for us to, to say that Jesus was one of the first ones, if not the first one to tell us, listen, it's all connected. Mm-hmm. It's all connected. Think about what you're thinking about. Yep. 
And that, that's, we started this out with you know, a quote from Henry David Thoreau, who says it has to be that way. Right. And so we are doing things throughout our day, throughout our, our week, our lives. Who says we have to do them that way? You bet. Why do we have to have you know, dinner at six? Why can't we have dinner at five? Why can't we graze throughout the evening? Who says we have to have a dining room table in the dining room? Why can't we have a basketball goal in there? Yeah. Who says? Exactly. And, and then one further step from that is we're judging other people all the time based on our standards, expectations, and values. Well, who says everybody has to do things the way you do? Right. Who think about what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Well, I think that would make a nice stopping point. Thank you guys for Dang. tuning in today. Thanks for hanging out for 54 minutes. The The book is now out and available in hardback uh, for order. Oh, it is. Yes. Nice. And I really like the hardback version. Heck yeah. Um, but if you want something to tear up and work in and write in, do definitely get the paperback version. Cannot recommend it any higher. And then go back through the podcast. It's 10 through 18 or 19. 10 through 19. Yep. And it'll walk through the book with you. Or we will walk yeah, through we, the book we with will. you. We will. We do. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Doc. Thank you, Mike. Um, thank you, listeners and, and audience viewers, for tuning in for another episode of Just These Guys. Mm-hmm. We will... Be here next week. A little challenge for you this week. Tell somebody about just these guys, you know. Tell them about the podcast. If you tell one person, if everybody tells one person, we double the opportunity to to just in a very inclusive way, just joining in on listening in on the conversation. Hopefully you get something valuable from it. And I'm going to just kind of rattle cages mike and i are from the previous generation where word of mouth meant literally word of mouth yep but today's society (laughs) word of web word of web i mean click the the facebook like button click the facebook share share one of these videos with uh, or our podcast with people through facebook email people the links um, go on youtube click like uh, subscribe to the channel. That's how you can spread the word word of mouth. If you're enjoying this and getting something out of it, share it with somebody else. Yes, you can tell them verbally, um, but you can also just send them a link. I'm not a big Facebooker, but I guess people do this messenger thing. Yep. They can send things out. You can share it to your page so that anybody who comes to your page will end up seeing the, the link to the podcast. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and like I have somebody who is getting use out of the information we're talking about, thinking about what you're thinking about, changing how you think, here are the skills, how to change how you think. And they told um, a sister what they were doing, and but the sister's in another state. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you know, the book is on Amazon and they do this podcast thing. And that caused that sister to tune in. And then 
their mother began to see changes in those two. Mm-hmm. And so they shared the link. And so there's a third listener. And now the, the person I know doesn't really need it, the information. Hmm. But because they shared it with somebody else, mm-hmm. they got it to the people who did actually need it. That's great. So you may be listening to this going, yeah, I know all this. I'm perfect. Okay. <laughs> Are all your friends perfect? <laughs> <laughs> you sit around judging them? <laughs> Instead of judging them, send them the link. They know you don't think they're perfect. <laughs> don't deny it. We have fun teasing you. Had another gentleman wrap up with this. Sure. Um, come up at the end of church on Sunday. And he said, he said something. He said, hey, uh, first time here. I enjoyed it. He said, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be thinking about it. I'll see if, I said, are you going to come back? He said, yeah, I'll, I'll be thinking about it. <laughs> and then he said this. And by the way, I'm the one who sent you the picture of the sunset. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, cool. So there's some connection being made there. Pretty yes. cool. Yes, Good Mr. Stuff. Mr. Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, great dude, if you ever get a chance. Cool. Great dude. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to Just These Guys You Know. I'm Lance. And I'm Mike. And we will catch you next week. Have an awesome week. We didn't do any of it. (laughs) Oh, well.